to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and to improve air quality and public health, urban cities need to encourage a shift to public transport. This shift requires a focus on electrifying vehicles, including bus fleets, commercial fleets, and private vehicles. Delhi is on its way to becoming one of the world's top cities in terms of EV adoption. The Delhi EV policy under the Department of Transport aims to improve Delhi's air quality and create an enabling ecosystem for electric vehicles. The policy intends to deploy 25% of all new vehicles to be battery-operated vehicles by 2024. Furthermore, the government plans to roll out at least 30,000 charging points across Delhi, and that will be a game-changer in the adoption of electric vehicles in India's capital. Hello everyone, and welcome to the Shunya podcast, a series where we interview India's sustainability leaders. In today's episode, we have with us the Principal Secretary come Commissioner of Transport, Government of National Capital Territory of Delhi, Sri Ashish Kundra. He is a batch 1996 IAS officer of Arunachal Pradesh, Goa, Mizoram, and Union Territory Cadre. Prior to this, he served as the Commissioner, GAD, Higher and Technical Education in Mizoram. Hello everyone, my name is Andeez Singh, and in today's episode, we have with us Sri Ashish Kundra. Welcome Sri Kundra, and thank you for taking the time to chat with us. So I'll start with some of the personal questions. So can you pinpoint a certain moment in your life when you were growing up and when you decided that you want to go for the civil services, sir? Yeah, so I did my engineering and, uh, you know, I was in my fourth year and uh, it so happens that my father was in the civil service. And like uh, most of us of that generation, large influence of who you want to be comes from uh, what your father is doing or is trying to inspire you to do. So I think he had a defining influence in, in what I want to be and I had a... I was fortunate to have a, you know, growing up to see what he has done. So in a way, it was a natural course for me to follow. You have served different roles in your administrative journey so far. During your time as administrator of the UT of Daman and Deo and Dadra and Nagar Haveli in 2015, you led Ilha de Kama And on seeing some of the visuals, in fact, from that campaign, I visited some of the places in Daman and Deo. How was your experience of driving a tourism campaign like that? And are there any key learnings from that campaign that influences your current work? Yeah, so, you know, Diu is one of the least known, but one of the most picturesque places in the country. And the idea was to bring that into the mindscape of the eclectic traveler. And for doing that, the first starting point is to bring some visual imagery, which has appeal, which has resonance and which has a certain attraction for a people of certain kind to travel to because the regular traveler to Diu was Gujaratis because it is in the backyard of Gujarat and it was much lesser known in the rest of India. So campaign was one integral part of bringing that awareness, number one. We also started a festival around Diu called Festa di Diu, which was the festival of Diu. And we also started, uh, you know, we roped in Air India to start additional flights from Mumbai, which kind of gave more, let's say, more affordable air travel opportunities to people. 
and then positioning was done uh, based on the USP of the place. So it was a Portuguese territory at some point, but it also has appeal for the nature lovers being close to Gir and also close to Somnath. So for both, both people who are spiritually inclined or uh, nature lovers or people who have interest in heritage, uh, it was a great opportunity. And I think since the time of all of us is limited in a space, what I would have liked to do next would have been to get hoteliers to set up some ecotourism resorts, which are high-end tourism resorts, and kind of bake this uh, travel triangle between Somnath, Gir, and Diu. But unfortunately, then, you know, as, as it happens in our service, I was transferred out and then and that remained an unfinished dream. But it actually gained a lot of traction, I must say that. Now, let's jump in right to the topics. So, sir, the policy push for EVs began when the government of India launched the FAME 1, faster adoption and manufacturing of EVs. This scheme to subsidize EVs in April 2015, and it was extended to FAME 2 in 2019. In August 2020, the government of Delhi announced Delhi's EV policy and declared an ambitious target, a 25% share of EVs by 2024. Since then, Delhi has been a pioneer in electric vehicle adoption and recently became the first state in India to cross the 10% mark in the sale of EVs. Sir, can you share your experience of leading this revolution? And also, our listeners would love to know the challenges you faced while leading this revolution. Yeah, so this is a very disruptive space. And like in all technological disruptions, I think we have to have a 360-degree approach on what we are trying to do. So on one hand, as government of India stepped in and encouraged the manufacturers to jump into this space, uh, the second end of the spectrum was to somehow incentivize or encourage buyers of uh, new vehicles to, to opt for EVs instead of conventional fuel vehicles. And there we are talking about a change of mindset, a change of confidence, a uh, change of perception and all of that. So uh, opinion building uh, was a big part of the effort. And then we created a digital platform, a digital community for disbursement of purchase incentives, subsidies. So people who are buying EVs within seven days, if they are able to get their subsidy, uh, which has been stipulated in the policy, uh, it makes a lot of difference. But then we also have to address the charging infrastructure. So people should have uh, confidence that if they take out their EV from the house to their workplace, they are low on charge, there will be adequate opportunities for them to plug and play. So I think that has been a very exciting journey. And uh, people of Delhi have uh, actually, in a way, responded very favorably. Delhiites are known to be risk takers with uh, new things and new technologies. And it's very heartening and encouraging for all of us to, to see the numbers up there on the board. Definitely, sir. One thing which actually is a grave concern right now with the EV users is non-availability of the charging infra. So one thing which which needs to be done on an immediate basis is somehow we need to pursue the charging infra point enablement from the residential societies, existing ones. Is there anything the Delhi government is specifically working towards? Yeah, so what we have done is that, you know, first of all, we have created a heat map of all EV, EV owners. On a geospatial framework, we know where the EV owners live, in which clusters, uh, where are the two-wheeler owners, where are the three-wheeler owners, where are the four-wheeler owners, where are the e-rickshaw 
owners because each vehicle segment has a different requirement of charging infrastructure. Secondly, what we have done is very recently we have, you know, we had a high level kind of a brainstorming session with oil PSUs and with the companies like CSL and with charge point operators and resident welfare association and MCD and NDMC. And we have now made district wise teams under the chairmanship of the district magistrate where we have assigned a mix of charge point operator of slow chargers, fast chargers, and one oil PSU to kind of partner in this endeavor because they have been given targets that now in this area, A, you have to focus in this district. Within that district, you have to create micro zonation plans. So each, they have been given 100 days targets that you pick up five areas, localities within your district and say we'll saturate the charging infrastructure there first of all which includes rwas which includes marketplaces which includes government offices and petrol pumps and so on and so forth so we have a definite roadmap the goal is from 3000 chargers today we'll go up to 18000 by 2025 but i am confident that with you know a decentralized implementation framework we'll be able to perhaps achieve that much faster yes sir Creation of the heat map is actually a very, very good step because we should know where finally the users are located. It should be near to them. Now, multimodal integration is an integrated approach that combines all components of transport to reach a destination. For example, using a combination of e-auto, e-rickshaw, e-cycle, metro, and e-feeder bus to reach a destination. You are in the board of directors for Delhi Integrated Multimodal Transit System. Can you share your views on the multimodal integration of EVs? Yeah, so what we have done is that very recently we have, you know, partnered with Delhi Metro and we have issued them some 750 plus electric auto permits. Delhi Metro has in turn partnered with electric fleet aggregators. So there are two companies, Sun Mobility and ETO. And we have allowed registration of electric autos in the name of these companies. In a first pilot, we chose Dwarka Subsidy as an area. And a first lot of 50 electric autos was recently launched from the metro station, which is geofence so that people who are residing in that area or who are coming into that area from the Delhi metro are able to seamlessly use through an app a book an electric auto and go to wherever they want to go. Now, similarly, now we have electric taxis in the city and it is our endeavor. In fact, we have with WRA, we have floated a stamp challenge precisely on this problem statement that can we have a seamless ticketing experience uh, through a single application for metro and for buses and let us say an electric cab or an electric auto. So the moment I am deboarding uh, a metro, I should have my cab ready through the same ticketing framework. So that is a challenge. It's like a hackathon which we have floated. And I, I we have got some very interesting responses. It's under evaluation currently. And I think it'll, it'll throw up some new ideas and uh, new opportunities on that. But yes, it is an area which was hitherto neglected. I uh, have no hesitation in saying that. But now we are taking some very concrete steps for multimodal integration. Sure, sir. There's one area actually which comes to my mind immediately. And because every company right now has a different structure of the payment mechanism for EV charging. 
So if you go and charge from the Tata, they have a different charging mechanism, different app they are using. If you go to the Fortum, it's different. Magenta is different. ESL is different. So is there any way to also harmonize or sync at least this payment mechanism for the EV users if somebody wants to charge their vehicles? Yeah, so as a first step, what we have said is that we have come with an open data architecture for the charging stations. So anybody who's installing a charging station, battery swapping station, etc., they have to first share their API with us and say, where are the locations? So the, the location of all these charging points is available on a single application, which is almost ready for launch now. The next step is to get payments also integrated in the same framework. So that is work in progress, but I'm confident that over the next couple of months, uh, even payments across charging companies will be will be able to harmonize onto a single platform. Yes, yes. It, it would be a great thing if it happens. In fact, what I foresee is even with the Metro card, charging payment mechanism can be integrated under the multimodal arrangement. Now, sir, the EV policy has a strong focus on demand generation and aims to promote around 5 lakh EVs. In fact, more than that as are already there in the market. Can you share your vision on the multiplier effect of increased demand on skill development and the job creation? Yeah, so I think the entire ecosystem has a huge, has multiple blocks to it. So you have on one end uh, OEMs who are into this space of manufacturing EVs, whether two-wheeler, three-wheeler, four-wheeler. So naturally a lot of people are employed in that space. Second is uh, the battery manufacturing space where again a large number of people are gaining employment. Then it is the charging infrastructure, which is providing opportunities for startups to come in and install uh, infrastructure across the city. And yes, as we go along, uh, and I think the last is the, the public transport electrification, where you have the buses and the charging infrastructure associated with the buses, which is coming into play. And all these verticals, I think there will be a gradual shifting requirement of skilling for people. So that from a traditional ICE engine kind of skills, which they were hitherto using, they will now be kind of have to gain competencies on how to handle, uh, let us say, a defective battery unit, uh, how to handle a battery swapping station or charging infrastructure if there are some uh, glitches. So it's, it's, let's say, moving up the technology ladder as electronics is coming into play much more into the whole game now one thing also comes to my mind uh, very quickly is you know driving an ev requires a, a little bit different uh, skill set compared to driving the ic vehicles which we are doing because of the immediate torque and immediate pickup during the testing when somebody goes for the driver's license uh, do you think there is a need that they should also be tested on the evs separately or or it's okay from your side what do you think, sir? What are your views on this? See, I see the current framework of driving test is essentially a skill test on whether you can navigate a machine on road. And I think to that extent, uh, there is not a significant difference between an EV and an ICE engine. But what we have done is that we have got these three government driving training schools in the city. And we have started a program for training women drivers and giving them back-to-back -back employment with electric fleet owners. So we have signed agreements with three companies already. And in fact, now even the delivery companies like Zomato 
are very interested that we partner with them on on the same model so we subsidize the training of a woman who is going to drive an ev and we have a back to back arrangement with uh, an electric fleet owner who gives them employment so it's a skill and employment linked kind of a program for women so it is a niche area which we are trying to start in delhi it's a very very good initiative in fact it is it can be directly related to uh, you know the transparent ecosystem and the chapter parity which it will create now moving on of course the ev is part of the sustainable mobility solutions but what other things you see needs to be done to create the transparent ecosystem which should be reliable and affordable of course under the greater umbrella of the sustainable mobility solutions see i think different states are at different levels of transition right now to electric mobility and of course delhi is uh, been fortunate we started early and we have this framework and all of that but as we go along i think there should be one overarching national digital framework which uh, because you know people uh, use these vehicles not just for city mobility they would like to use it for traveling across the highways and if there is a integrated overarching umbrella for charging infrastructure along the highways or in other cities the adoption will be much faster because you know people are some of them the common narrative especially for four wheelers which i've heard is that yes okay i'll buy an ev as a second vehicle but uh, as the sole vehicle if i have to buy uh, i would like to retain the flexibility of traveling longer distance in that vehicle and th- that is true that is true in fact it will take some time until unless the charging infra and the sufficient charging infra is made available at the highways because that top up time has to has to reduce to cover that distance coming back to the woman and the driving so you have closely worked on implementing road safety measures to make the streets of delhi safe and secure and ensuring women's safety in public transportation by implementing projects like installing cctv cameras and panic buttons in every bus in the city could you also share about the impact of the bus marshals and pink slip scheme on the reduction of women complaints so you know the idea is a women should feel safe while hopping onto a bus so for that in our fleet of 7300 odd buses all of them have got panic buttons all of them have got cctv cameras they are hooked up to a central command and control center at kashmiri gate and if at all there's a panic button pressed there's a live streaming which happens onto the screen there's a team of people which is sitting out there and it's integrated with the 112 system of the police so that system is in place at, at one level the pink slip had a completely different purpose the idea was that we want to increase women ridership in in buses so um, the government had decided sometime back to to allow free bus travel for women so instead of paying for a ticket they just get a pink slip uh, ticket and then that is kind of budgeted in the end that okay so many pink slips issued and so many women were able to ride and so on and so forth also i have heard that specifically if women want to become driver for the bus in, in delhi there is a different program which is being running in fact i think the registrations are also there online could you elaborate on that sir we have one training center which is managed by ashok leland in delhi which gives training for heavy vehicles so you know typically training program would cost about 10 11000 
so we have said that okay any woman driver who wants to join the bus driving fleet of dtc or of cluster we will be happy to subsidize this and there was a very enthusiastic response and i think about 70 plus women have already been trained and about i think 25 odd women have been hired by dtc who are actually driving the buses and you know these low floor air conditioned buses their maneuverability is also easier there was some hitch in the beginning on the height requirement and other things but we kind of relaxed some of those conditions so that more women would qualify for that program definitely it is required also we should have even the women drivers to make roads in fact safer not from the pedestrian's perspective but somebody who's driving it also oh, one more important thing sir what is the plan of you know the entire transformation of this bus fleet or the evs in delhi so today as i said that we have a bus fleet of 7300 of which about 250 are electric buses we have placed orders for another 1500 uh, electric buses with tata motors and hopefully by end of next year they will also get inducted we are now uh, in fact a bid has been already floated for another 4000 electric buses and second bid is likely to be floated for 2000 plus electric buses on dry lease so the goal is which we have for ourselves set that by 2025 on a fleet base of 10000 plus buses 80% will be electric so 8000 plus buses uh, is what we are aiming till december 2025 and all of these will be ac yeah all all air conditioned yes okay perfect so now moving to the specifics about the shun zero pollution mobility campaign so this aims to increase the adoption of evs in the last mile delivery and ride hailing sector in india by creating consumer awareness and delhi has also come out with the proposal how these ride hailing operators has to switch to the evs in a phase wise manner what type of feedback you received around that sir Yeah, so we had uh, floated a draft scheme for public consultation, which gave targets for gradual switch over to electric, with the ultimate aim that by 2030, all such ride-hailing, last-mile delivery, and e-commerce companies would have 100% electric fleets. So I think we have been talking to these people for the last five months or so. And naturally, uh, there is in the beginning some resistance to change of this nature. but i think by now we have arrived at a fairly balanced document and i am hoping that uh, we will be able to obtain government approval over the next month or two uh, so that we can notify these rules which will apply to such aggregators yes uh, in fact at niti we are also working on along with the both the aggregators about one study we are doing and it's at concluding stage we will also share the outcomes of this it is a bottom up study which evaluates the production the financing the availability of the vehicles that right makes demographically how it can be changed in fact sort of special analysis for this we'll share that also sir hopefully it will help now some quick answer sir so what is one achievement that you are extremely proud of i think to be part of a disruptive movement which is not just in india but around the world to be there at the right place at the right time is something which is exciting and enriching and uh, what has been the easiest part and the hardest part of the job in your current role i think easiest part would be to get political consensus around something like this 
because it is for larger public good and there is a buy in so if you get buy in from the top it makes your job easy the tougher part is in the detail of implementation in getting the framework right in trying to usher in something which is a 21st century idea while working in an institution which has people of 20th century mindset so it's a bit of a challenge but i think we have been able to find mechanisms to overcome that and hopefully we'll be on the right track yeah this thing is very very important so i have found you at many forums always enthusiastic and always talking up very openly and transparently i'm not sure whether this this will happen or not but whenever you are not working <laughs> what can we find you doing sir well i think like most people like most normal people i also spend time on netflix i also like to travel or read a book uh, and do things hang out with people and friends like everybody else does so nothing unusual about what i do so recent netflix what you are watching sir my some series which was there what if or something which so you know these series are quite they grip you and then you're suddenly caught in the trap of watching them till the end and do some binge watching so i try to avoid the series but uh, once you are in it then you just can't leave it yeah what is the last movie you saw in theater that i would not recollect i have not been to a movie theater in quite a while but i, I honestly don't remember now how can the listeners of the podcast contribute to shunya pollution future for india i think you know it is often pollution for example right now we are in the winter months in delhi and it is an area which is agitating everybody and then everybody looks towards government that it is the sole responsibility of government to make change or a meaningful change while yes i am not shying away from that responsibility of regulatory change policy change or other changes that are required but let's remember it's a shared responsibility the air that we breathe is a contribution of what we do in our personal spaces so i think a all ev owners who are ev owners should spread the word and build an ev community and have a buy in and do some myth busting which is there around electric vehicles and for those who are the fence sitters and who want to buy a new vehicle they should go for electric mobility for sure and lastly i think people who are using two wheelers or four wheelers on road i would encourage them to use electric buses which are now you know which which are our pride and which are running on delhi roads and will increasingly run on delhi roads and do your bit for uh, reducing the load of air pollution in the city definitely it is very much required uh, with the current air pollution levels uh, it has to come down and usage of the public transport and such a great metro system also in delhi i think uh, most of the people can actually switch onto these public transport thank you very much sir for uh, joining us and sharing your views so openly and uh, thank you very much Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to the Shunya podcast. We will be back again next week with another episode. Till then, take care and join our Shunya Kasafar aimed at reducing air pollution by electrifying transportation in India. Visit www.shunya.info to know more about the campaign.